Hey, all you weirdos, it's Ash and Alina, the hosts of Crime Countdown. It has been such a fun year of doing this amazing show. We've had some crazy and interesting countdowns. The fun, the wild, and the downright macabre. We'll be back on Monday, January 4th with a brand new episode. But until then, here's one of our personal favorites we wanted to share with all of you. Enjoy. Everyone wants to be part of the club, the Girl Scouts, Phi Beta Kappa, the local golf course. There's just something about the feeling of belonging, of being part of a group. Sure, clubs bring like-minded people together. But unfortunately, sometimes that leads to dangerous groupthink. And sometimes groupthink leads to murder. Today's crimes were all committed by clubs, but you probably know them by a different name. Cults. Deadly cults, that is. We love a good cult. The thing about cults is, they're never initially supposed to be about killing, but somehow, in so many cults, people wind up dead. It's horrifying, but it keeps happening. Like I said, everyone just wants to be part of the club. all you weirdos. Welcome to the ParCast original, Crime Countdown. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week, we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the ParCast research gods. And today's topic is the top 10 deadliest cults. Ooh, Ash, you were part of a cult once, weren't you, if I remember correctly? Uh, not that I can remember. Are you sure? Weren't you a high school cheerleader, I remember? Okay, that does not count. (laughs) I'm just saying. But for real, though, what's your favorite cult? You know I love the Manson family. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I would have hopped right on that bus. How could I forget? With flowers (laughs) in your hair, you'd be on that van. Exactly. Would you go into a cult, do you think? Cults stress me out, and I think it's just all the people involved. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. You're like an introvert, so. I truly am. I don't think I would thrive in a cult. And I'd like to think, even though this is probably false since so many people end up in cults, I'd like to think because they are so predictable with their playbook that I'd like... I'd be able to get away from it. Like, no, no. That's true. I know true. what's happening. I get that. Right? I would think so. I see that for you. I see myself becoming part of one by accident. Yeah. I mean, as soon as, like, Charlie Manson is, like, strumming a guitar and handing you a flower crown, I think you'd be like, well, okay. I mean, I'm a sucker for a Beach Boy wannabe. The only bummer is I feel like all these cults, the same message. It's like, it's the apocalypse. It's the end times. And that's just not fun for me. They love a good doomsday, these cults. They do. So, the fun part about this culty countdown, like always, is that we only know half of the countdown. So we're going to be learning half of the countdown right along with you. Let's start the countdown. Ten. I'll get us started with number 10, the Fall River Satanic Cult. Specifically, its member, Robin Murphy. In 1980, Murphy, along with a man named Carl Drew, brutally murdered Murphy's girlfriend, Karen Marsden, as part of a satanic killing. I've heard of this one. This one's like kind of a hometowny kind of one. I was going to say it's that. Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Let's represent, I guess. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> Let's not represent. So this was during that awesome satanic panic time of the 80s, early 90s. 
where everyone, including Geraldo Rivera, assumed you were the devil if mm. you wore black clothing. Yep. <laughs> you know, that fun time where we would have been arrested. I was going to say we would not have survived <laughs> no, this time. Definitely not. The murder of Karen Marsden was horrific. Yeah. It was horrific. It was gruesome. Um, member Robin Murphy, this is really gross, cut Marsden's throat. And then Carl Drew literally tore her head off her body. Oh my god. Yeah, this was no joke. Yeah. Carl Drew was a known violent turd. You don't say. Yeah, and he was controlling a small group of local sex workers at the time. Robin Murphy was one of them. Mm -hmm. She banked on that satanic panic thing and said she was possessed by Satan during the murder, or she never would have done it. Oh, what a good excuse. Yeah, it's a great excuse. It was alleged that Robin Murphy also had a role in other murders and that these were also done as offerings for the soul of Satan. Oh, good. Just really going for that satanic panic thing. Mm -hmm. Murphy must have had something on her side because she ended up cutting a deal with prosecutors. How? So she did this because she said that she would testify against Drew for a lighter sentence. She got it. Are you serious? Yep, she got it and was released on parole in 2004. I don't think I knew that part. Well, here's the good thing. Uh, she quickly violated that parole. <laughs> good, good. Because <laughs> all of a sudden you're looking behind you like, I'm like, happened? where's she at? Where is she? She ended up going back to prison, but she's eligible to apply for parole again in 2022. Mm-mm, too soon, sis. Too soon. That's next year. Don't like it. No, thank you. No. This year's been good enough already. <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> At number nine is a cult that famously had a deadly exchange with the federal agents at their complex near Waco, Texas, the Branch Davidians. They were wild, for sure. Originally, federal law enforcement agents went to arrest the group's leader, David Koresh, which sparked a deadly shootout that turned into a 51-day standoff, and that ended on April 19, 1993, when the members burned the building down. Not a good outcome. Not a good outcome <laughs> at all. They were wild and from start to finish. They had about 130 members that lived on a 77-acre compound. Jeez. Instead of starting a cult, they should have just used that acreage for something like a sick bocce ball tournament or something. Or just like a little, like, or like a huge petting zoo, actually. Yeah, that would have worked. Lots of picnics. Just something pure. Exactly. Well, David Koresh, the leader of the pack, had about 250 weapons on the compound, which is why the ATF headed out there in the first place to arrest him. Yeah, it seems excessive. It definitely does. You don't need that much. Their visit sparked a deadly shootout, which killed four agents of the ATF and six of the Branch Davidian members. The shootout ended up turning into a 51-day standoff that finally came to an end on April 19, 1993. And that's when the members, including their leader, burned the building down. That's intense. Right, like way too intense. (laughs) Way too intense. (laughs) Well, because of the way the FBI handled this, the American people really changed the way they saw the government. They thought that law enforcement had used poor judgment and excessive force. And actually, the Branch Davidians still exist today. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's terrifying, actually. (laughs) It's from the last nine that survived, and now they call themselves Branch, the Lord of our Righteousness. Okay, I know righteous has, like, another meaning and all, but every time I hear it, I just think of someone being like, righteous! Totally righteous, dude. (laughs) I just think of, like, the Lord of our Righteousness! Yeah! (laughs) Eight. Number eight on our list of deadly cults takes us back to 1989, 
when authorities found several bodies killed as human sacrifices on a, yeah, on a ranch in the Mexican city of Matamoros, near the U.S. border. When they questioned suspects about an American victim, Mark Kilroy, they led police to Adolfo de Jesus Constanzo, the 26-year-old leader of the cults. Wow, that's young for a leader. I was going to say, getting started real early. Like, okay. The other leader was Sarah Eldredi who was a student at Texas Southmost College. She was known as, quote, the witch. <laughs> oh, same. Yeah, which is a nickname I can totally get behind, but she is not a person that I can get behind. No, definitely no. not. The cult took their cues from a film called The Believers. Uh, I looked this up because I had never heard of The Believers. but I, I never have it either. Yeah. It's from the late 80s, and it's about a cult who sacrifices kids for power and success. Casual. So you can already see that this is not awesome. They literally organized screenings of this film for cult members. Oh, okay. Yeah. This cult also looked at human sacrifices in the same way, as a method to bring them fortune, protect them from the police, bring them things they wanted. Oh. There was a killing shack at the ranch where all the bodies were found, and it was a nightmare in there. A lot of decomposed bodies, decapitated, hanged bodies, throat slashed, shot, stabbed, missing organs, missing limbs. Think of it, and it was happening in there. Yeah, that's like all the recipe. That's the full-on recipe for a nightmare. Yeah, that's just like, here you go, all just at sprinkle once. a little bit of each of those things yeah, in. Yeah, just everywhere you look, you're like, oh, oh, it gets worse. Okay. Yep. The American victim, Mark Kilroy, was found in there, and he had had his brain removed and boiled in a pot. No, thank you. Leader Costanzo specifically asked for a, quote, Anglo male because they said that it was going to add sacrificial powers. It's going to make it more strong. Okay. That's why they brought Kilroy in and killed him. Okay, gotcha. So there were accoutrements of Santeria, which is an underground Caribbean religion, and black magic that were found in the, in the shack. Okay. So there was a lot of things that were saying they were not dealing in, in good stuff. Yeah, doesn't sound like it. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Seven. Well, at number seven this week is the infamous Manson family who in the summer of 1969 committed a series of brutal murders in Los Angeles. The murders were at the direction of Charles Manson, a wannabe singer-musician living in the desert with his, quote, family of devoted young women and men. For some reason, he always gets lumped in with serial killers. <laughs> I know, he really does. He does, and he's not. He's just like a dirty little murderous rat. I know, I have to remember not to call him a serial killer in front of you so that you don't get <laughs> so mad I at don't me. So I don't get angry. Well, this one happens to be my favorite true crime case. So, Manson really got full-on vicious after having a super messed up childhood and after his rejection from the music industry. It's like everybody's been turned down for something, dude. Just move on. Well, he was turned down by the Beach Boys, so that's like... That is, that's kind of a big turn down. Big turn down. Turn down for that. <laughs> yeah, turn down for that for sure. <laughs> well, he would use the Manson girls to lure other men into the group until they formed this big family. The family was living at Spawn Ranch, which at 55 acres used to be a movie ranch where they would film westerns. They brought it way down. Yeah. As we all know, drug use was instrumental in Charlie Manson's control over this group. Belladonna is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Seriously, don't recommend. Don't 10 out do of 10, it. do not. <laughs> so as everybody was tripping, Manson would preach about Helter Skelter, which is what he said was going to basically be the start of a race war. Imagine just being like, 
Hey everybody, so this Beatles song feels like it's telling me to murder a bunch of people and start a race war around everybody and then the world's gonna end and we're gonna be the only ones living. Like, are you guys in? And then imagine everybody being like, hell yeah, yeah. let's get it. And just imagine people being like, I don't question that at all. That's, Absolutely. That's a cult. That's, that's when you know you're in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> Call your dad, as my favorite murder says. Ooh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he thought at the end of this war, the Mansons would rule the world and the murder of Sharon Tate ended up bringing this case crazy media attention because she was a pregnant movie star at the time. That's so sad. Yeah, it was really sad. She was so beautiful it hurt. Yeah, for real. So that is number seven. Where are we headed? Woo! Six. Also on our list of deadly cults at number six is Marcus Wesson. On March 12, 2004, police found nine bodies piled in a back room in Wesson's Fresno, California home. Among them were two adults and seven young children. Oh, no. Yeah, this one's a real... I mean, they're all bummers, but this <laughs> one's say. like a straight-up bummer. Sounds like it. So, making sure to really hammer home his evil status, Wesson allegedly had fathered several of those children with his own daughters and nieces. Are you serious? Yeah. He was like really hitting a home run in the gross category. Yeah, that's just like yeah. way up there. You don't bring incest into the cult. Mm-mm. So how did they all end up dead in a black room in his house? Well, two of his nieces showed up at his home to get their own children. And somehow this ended up in mass murder. How? Not real sure. Well, how does it escalate to that level? Escalated real fast. For real. During his trial, his sons talked about him like he was this great father, great guy. Which, like, I'm going to disagree. I feel as though they were confused. Yeah. Or I paid feel, off. You know, cult. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it be. But the rumors were that basically he led his entire family like a cult. I mean, he was making his nieces and daughters sleep with him and fathering children with them. So oh. that's culty as hell. Mm-hmm. It soon came out that he was holding long and very mandatory Bible studies that lasted for, like, hours and hours. Oh, no. But this wasn't your typical Bible study. Okay. He wasn't just straight teaching it. Tell me what happened. He was teaching that Jesus was a vampire. You know, I've never heard that version before. Nope, haven't heard that super metal. Hell but yeah. Like, Here for it. A little but... weird, but okay. <laughs> not convinced that he is, you know, the worst person ever? Are you not convinced? I mean, I'm pretty convinced. I but figure I've done There's a good more, job. I bet. There's more. Oh, he had staged a DIY wedding with Elizabeth Wesson, who at the time was eight years old. Nope. Nope. Gotta go. Yeah, Bye. I gotta leave. My Uber's here. He's a monster of the highest order. Yeah. When police arrested him, he came from the house, just came out of the house covered in blood all over his clothes and was just like, what up? Was he too a vampire? Maybe. Possibly. The wow. world may never know. Uh, well, I don't really want to find out, to be I honest don't either. with you. This is really intense. And to be honest, I think the podcast research gods have done a good job so far. I think they're killing it so far, especially because they gave me Charlie Manson. I And they didn't even know. They didn't even know. But they did know. Because, because they be knowing. They be knowing the podcast research gods. And you know what? I'm really excited that they gave me the Fall River one because, again, not represent, but represent Massachusetts. <laughs> I was going to say, like, don't represent, but like hometown murders. Exactly. It's fine. So I think we might be heading into the top five, and I'm a little terrified. Are you scared? <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know how they're going to beat 
all the ones we've already done. I mean, they've done a really good job so far. I'm terrified. Let's do it. Let's get it. Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five, Am Shinrikyo. During the morning rush hour in Tokyo on March 20th, 1995, members of Am Shinrikyo, a doomsday cult, carried five bags filled with a liquid nerve agent onto the trains of one of the world's busiest underground systems. That's a nightmare. It really is. Like, liquid nerve agent? That's like a bad Bond villain. And can you imagine you're just on your morning commute, like... And you get hit with a liquid nerve agent? That's not okay. I don't want to imagine that. Well, 13 people died and at least 5,800 were injured. Wow. Insane. Just like every other doomsday cult, they predicted an Armageddon where they would emerge victorious. I'm so sick of Armageddon with these cults. Seriously. And it's always only them that's going to come out of it. Right. It's like, like, join or else, like, it's yeah. going to be real bad for you. But either way, it's real bad. Yeah, it's just bad. It's not good. This cult wasn't made up of your average everyday cult follower either. These members were some of Japan's top minds and scientists. That just makes me sad. I know. What a waste. <laughs> and you know what? It Now, it's like, if they can be like sucked into it, I feel like nobody's safe. I mean, I told you in the beginning of this, I'm nervous. I'm real nervous. Whew. Thousands of victims were either blinded or paralyzed in the morning attack, and rescue workers had to wear hazmat suits and gas masks to attend to the victims. After the deadly attack, Shoko Asahara, who was the cult leader of the Am Shinrikyo, was ordered by Japan to be executed. By liquid nerve agent? I, I mean, <laughs> that's what they should have done if they didn't. Yeah. And guess what? There are still surviving versions of the group uh. that are legal, but quote, dangerous religions in Japan and are subject to greater surveillance. This just makes me scared whenever there's certain members that are hanging around doing this still, because it's like once the head gets cut off, it I know. grows back stronger sometimes. But I'm at like, least we know that Japan is like keeping an eye on it. They are. Thank you, Japan. For real. <laughs> Four. Taking the number four spot is Heaven's Gate. In March 1997, 39 people in Rancho Santa Fe, California, ritually killed themselves. To outsiders, it was a mass suicide. To insiders, it was a graduation. Oh? It was the culmination of over two decades of spiritual and social development for its members. So that's what you get at the end. Two very different things. Yeah. <laughs> members of Heaven's Gate, they really went for it. Their core belief was that once they kicked it, their souls would ascend to a spacecraft that was flying behind the hale comet, which at that point was just passing by Earth. Okay. Like, did they consult Elon Musk before they get on this, <laughs> this <laughs> space rocket to a comet? This was also the first cult in the internet age, which is interesting because they made money by designing web pages and they were recruiting online. Wow, TBT to that. Right? In AOL chat rooms. I'm saying. So they could reach a lot more people. Now, all cults have a leader who is either a messenger for some higher power or the second coming of Jesus. Always. That's like the rules. Well, Heaven's Gate, their leader, Marshall Applewhite, was the second coming of Jesus kind. Always. So he tells them he's the second coming and he's also like, oh, hey, I have some insider knowledge as the second coming. 
God's an alien and doomsday is upon us. God's an alien. Yeah. Okay. Plot twist. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, that one that one makes them a little different from yeah. everybody else. Like good good plot twist. I like it. Now, the cult went by the book with that whole cult rule, but then it totally wrote its own playbook. Oh. So it had, you know how usually the leaders are like, oh, in order to ascend, you have to have sex with me. Yes. Like, that's usually what it is. Well, this one had a strict no sex, no human level relationships, no socializing rule. Um, so what was the, like, what made people want to join? It sounds awesome, I right? guess. I don't really know. Uh, in fact, some members, including Leader Applewhite, went as far as voluntary castration. Mm -mm. What? That's commitment to the cause. That's some Game of Thrones shit. How do you get a whole group of people to voluntarily castrate themselves in the name of riding behind a comet? Because God's an alien. That's really impressive. I don't know. The groups also did this crazy diet. It was called the Master Cleanse, and it was a mix of lemonade, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup. And they did this for three months. That sounds like a cold remedy. Right? It does. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? I'm fairly certain that this was a diet that, like, a ton of celebrities were doing a few years ago. It's like a juice cleanse. I'm, I swear I saw people doing cayenne pepper and maple syrup and The things. Heaven's Gate diet. I'm saying. They just rebranded it. So we Better than know. keto. But you know what? We know. We be knowing. We know it. So after all of that BS, they're told that the comet is approaching. They're like, it's coming, guys. All right? You did your master cleanse. You, you castrated yourself. We're ready. The comet's approaching. We're going to hitch a ride on it because why the hell not? What? And everybody was like, let's do this. The suicides took place over a course of three days. Oh. Yeah. The members ate applesauce that was laced with barbiturates and washed it down with vodka. Wow. Yeah. And then they just placed bags over their heads to suffocate to death. What a way to go. A lot of layers. And applesauce is your last meal? Yeah, I don't no, know. No, thank you. I don't know if that would be my choice. But Not you know, into it. To each their, you get to wash it down with vodka, though. I mean. Um, the 39 members that died were wearing black tracksuits and black Nikes, and they had purple shrouds over their bodies. There's photos of this, and they are spooky as hell. They're just all in, like, beds, like some bunk beds and stuff, and you just see Nikes sticking out. That's like a weird ad for Nike. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm, I don't like it. Three. At number three on our Deadliest Cults list, the Order of the Solar Temple. Ooh. Yes. The Order of the Solar Temple had 53 members in Switzerland and Quebec, and they were all murdered or completed suicide in October of 1994. Not gonna lie, that name is pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, good band name, I call it. It really is a good band name. Also, did you just catch that accent I got when I said band? <laughs> No, good bad name. Good bad name, I call it. <laughs> I like it. Well, the Order of the Solar Temple was founded in the late 70s, early 80s. That's like the perfect two decades for that name, too, I feel like. It oh, just 100%. Fits. It yes. fits right in there. The, the group was born as an attempt to renew the military religious organization, the Knights Templar. Ooh, that name wishes. Yes. <laughs> you, <laughs> if you could only. <laughs> the members looked like businessmen, like my last one. <laughs> Businessmen can be crazy, though. Yeah, they can. And it's said that the founder, Luke Jure, had the, quote, air of a gentleman. Well, you know what? Have you ever seen American Psycho? No, I haven't. Wow. I know. Wow. 
I mean, you're older than me. All right. Well, that landed with everybody else. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, cult leaders always look like they're so approachable in the beginning, so it makes sense. Yeah, that's part of their thing. Well, just like Heaven's Gate, these members knew the end was coming. They always know. Mm-hmm. Their doomsday prediction said that the end was going to happen in the mid-90s, so they had time to prepare. They did. And it didn't happen, so spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert. Wrong. We're still here. They clearly had to get on a higher plane before that happened, so that's why the 53 members killed themselves and others and then set the buildings on fire. Ooh. That, and they were in these buildings that they set on fire. <laughs> like, oh, and by the way. P.S. <laughs> little side note there. They all died in different locations, including a farmhouse and a chalet. Ooh, that's bougie. Bougie AF. And by the way, the temple was bringing in a lot of money, so you can't really even blame the murders slash suicides on deprivation. Oh, yeah, that's true. I know it is. And <laughs> I know. You're like, it is. It is true, Elena. <laughs> As of the early 21st century, they still have upwards of 500 members, which is interesting because, like you just said, the world still hasn't ended. I know. So what do you believe in? Man, I thought these ones were the ones who got it right. I thought so, too. Apparently not. Guys, we're at the top two. The top two. The top two. Top two, top two. It's going to get worse from here, and I'm not really sure how. Is it going to get worse, or is it going to get better? Maybe both. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Well, what do you think about the last few? Well, the last, I got to say, Heaven's Gate is both my favorite and my least favorite. I'm kind of confused about how they're not taking number one. I think it's because they're also very lame. They are very lame. <laughs> I think it's because no one wants to join that cult. That's true. And let me tell you, I have number one. It's real good. Ooh, I bet it is. I can't... Actually, I can't... I'm trying to think of what it could be. And I feel like I'm missing a good one. Once you realize what it is, you'll be like, oh my god. I'm gonna eat my hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get into the top two. All right. Two. At number two is the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. Oh, too long. Way too long. Too long. That's a mouthful. And it had more than 500 members, so... Well, that's a lot. They, they all said it together. Too many words, too many members. In March 2000, they all died in a blazing inferno in the remote hills of southwest Uganda, making it one of the world's second largest ritual mass suicides. Why do these things always end in flames? It's got to be a blaze of glory. Oh, I mean, yeah. So the cult began when people claimed to have seen apparitions of Jesus and the Virgin Mary around Uganda and went to see Joseph Kebwetere. Kebwetere founded the cult, and he actually went so far as to let it take over his family's house. Oh, man. I'm sure his family was stoked about that. I'm sure that. they were psyched. Well, his wife said that he was actually a totally peaceful guy. They never fought before this all happened. I was going to say, until. Yeah. So it's like, he was totally, can you imagine? No. Your husband's just like a totally nice guy. You never fight. Everything's fine. Then he's like, hey, I'm just going to let this cult take over our house real P.S. quick. Yes, started a cult. Yeah, that's fine. Of course. They predicted the end of the world. You don't say. And their date was originally December 31st, 1999. Why do all these people have different dates? Like, where do the dates come from? I think it's because they're not real. I mean, that, that'll do it. <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> but they try. 
Can't can't fault him for trying. That's true. In case you're on the edge of your seat and wondering, falling off. The world did not end on December 31st, 1999. I had an inkling, but the good the good news is they revised their date because that's something you can do. Apparently, I mean, there's whiteout for that. You don't know. You could be wrong. So they later said that the finale of Earth was going to be March 17th, 2000. Oh, very different date. Again, didn't happen. Yeah, they just bumped it forward a little bit. That was going to be when the Virgin Mary would appear, and she was just going to scoop up all the members and take them right up to heaven. Just scoop them up. She has really good upper arm strength. Yeah, you got to. (laughs) You're going to scoop up over 500 members? She's been lifted. Like, wow. So March 17th, it comes around, and hundreds of members show up at the church, and they are just ready to be scooped. Imagine seeing them on their way there. You're like, where are those people going? Where are you going? And they're like, Mary's coming to scoop me. And they're like, okay, bye. Yep, see you later. Well, the building that they came to was set on fire with everyone inside. Oh. So that's not how they planned on this happening. No, no. Not the same thing at all. You think you're getting scooped by Mary and you get set on fire. That's not the end of the world. That's just the end of that building. Yeah, that's the end of that building and that's the end of you. Right. So the day before the fire, some weird things did happen. There were some items from the cult, including a copy of the Ten Commandments that was sent to Joseph's family, so the leader. Mm-hmm. They believe that it might have been from Joseph himself. Like, to Joseph from Joseph? To Joseph from Joseph. I-L-Y. Here you go. <laughs> I-L-Y. Lilas. Um, I feel like that kind of sounds strange, but when you're living this kind of cult lifestyle, like, maybe that's just, like, a normal package that comes to your house? Nothing is strange in a cult. It's strange to us, but they might have been like, oh, great, my Ten Commandments came today. Like, <laughs> that I knew were coming. But here's the rub. It's still not known whether that fire was a mass suicide or whether it was a mass murder. Oh. So we might never know. Or what if it was accidental? It could have been all of the above. Wow. Whoa. I mean, that belongs at number two. I have to take my hat off to the research gods. I'm excited for number one. I can't believe that you couldn't guess what number one was. I'm going to kick myself. One. At number one on our list of deadliest cults, the People's Temple. Oh, yes. Not, this would not be complete without this. No, oh, I, there's yeah. no list of cults without this. I am going to kick myself. That's Do it. a big one. Do it all week. <laughs> <laughs> in November 1978, more than 900 people died in Jonestown after being ordered to swallow a cyanide laced drink at the order of their leader, Reverend Jim Jones. 900 people is a lot. And fun fact, it wasn't Kool-Aid. It certainly wasn't. Wasn't it like flavoring? Off-brand, baby. Yeah. Cheaper. <laughs> Jim Jones began as an integrationalist who passionately fought for civil rights. Where did you go wrong, I know, it's like, how do you go from point A to that wild point B? Yeah, like, that's a great start. Just keep going. Yeah. Well, his ministry for the People's Temple ended up being pretty influential, and he rubbed shoulders with famous influential people for a short time. You're doing great, Jim. Keep going. He's being influential. He's talking to the famous. So far, so good. But where does it go wrong? I just don't know. Well, he takes it to a darker place. Oh, and of course his he does. teachings start to include preaching about an impending nuclear holocaust. Ooh, sharp left turn into Armageddon. <laughs> you know that casual Always. stuff. Always. And he was also, on top of that, abusing the members of the temple. Oh, not good. Yeah, not good at all. So when that abuse became public, he moved them to Guyana in South America. He would have there what were called white knights, 
and these white nights were like rehearsals where he would lie about why it was time to drink the flavor aid, the poison punch, and then members didn't know whether or not it was going to be poison this time. Can you imagine being that evil that you are tricking 900 people and you're like, maybe it's the time. I don't know. Drink it. Let's Either see. you're going to have a nice grape treat or you're going to die. And also calling it like white nights, like white parties where like you all dress in white. It's I like, feel like that's such a cruise thing. That's such a cruise thing or like it's just exciting. a like, super bougie weird thing. And it's like, that's not what it was at all. It's not at all what it was. No. Well, Congressman Leo Ryan actually went out to Jonestown to investigate what the hell was going on and he got killed before he could escape back to America. I remember this. That's wild. Do you remember this? That is very... No, I mean, I remember, like, reading about this. I wasn't there. But (laughs) that's I was double-checking the data. I was like, wait. Oh, you're old, but... (laughs) That's real astray of his original message, I feel. Definitely not, not on the same level. Well, that same day that Ryan was killed, Jim Jones insisted everybody drink the poison for real this time. Ugh. Except he reportedly shot himself instead of having to suffer a death by poison like everyone else. So, like, what a guy. That's cowardly as hell. Yeah, but it makes sense. Like, you make everyone else drink your, like, shitty off-brand tang. Flavorade. And you just do it real quick. Right? Not Can't even get them the real thing. There's also audio of that whole thing. I've listened to it before. It's pretty awful. messed up. Don't recommend it, but I figured I'd put it in your brain anyway. (laughs) Seriously. That was a good countdown. Honestly, they did good. Like the podcast research, they did good again. Damn it. I want to beat them, dude. Someday I feel like you'll prove them wrong, but I I don't know. Today's not that day. I never will because I'm just too nice and I'll always agree. (laughs) You're like, I loved it, guys. (laughs) It's always so good. I mean, Jim Jones had to be number one. Right. On a cult list, it's just like, you'd be so wrong. He's where the phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid or they're drinking the Kool-Aid came from Mm -hmm. incorrectly. But I mean, no, it was wrong. When you make a phrase like that, you're number one. That's true. Do you feel like they missed anything? I don't really think. The only one that I can think of that's kind of a fun cult is that Edmund Creffield Holy Rollers cult. Oh, yeah. But... He did, of course, he did that whole, like, I'm a messenger from God, so all the ladies have to sleep with me thing. But then yeah. he got, like, tarred and feathered, and I'm pretty sure there was only, like, a couple murders in that one. He also, so. like, lived in somebody's floor, which is real weird. He did. That was a weird one. You but, know. But, you know, I think it's, like, an honorable mention. It's not really yeah, list Yeah, it doesn't material. make the list. I yeah. agree. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll be back next week with another great episode. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Spotify has all your favorite music and podcasts all in one place. They're making it easier to listen to whatever you want to hear for free on your phone, computer, or smart speaker. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You could also follow us. Do it. On Instagram, you can follow us at Morbid Podcast or on Twitter, a Morbid Podcast because Morbid Podcast was taken. Crime Countdown was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo. Produced by John Cohen, Jonathan Ratliff, and Kristen Acevedo. Crime Countdown stars Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart. 